Welcome to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast, a podcast about getting out from behind the keyboard and just talking. Each week, we invite a guest or two to sit down and talk about their life and their work. I'm Christopher Brown, your host, and this is the Cross-Border Interview Podcast featuring Canadian singer-songwriter Kim Mitchell. Big hello to your father, then. Well, that's great to hear. He'll be impressed by well, he, he was he'll be impressed that I even got to chat with you, but he'll be impressed that you said hello. So I will mention that to him as well. But that's like a <laughs> lifetime ago. <laughs> well, it just tells you how much of an impact you've had on your in your career in music is people can remember from every generation of when you started your music from zoom to max webster to your new music and to this new music now so i i think people can re- uh, remember those moments and because you've made such an impact in culture of canada well it's it's humbling to to reflect on that christopher it, it's it's uh quite crazy to think that uh, so many people go through two and three careers in their lifetime, and and I've I've just been a, a guitar player and been lucky to do what I love doing. And I know that sounds a little sort of cliche. You know, I get to do what I love, but I, I honestly, it's it kind of mind blowing. And somebody mentioned something once. Uh, one of my band members mentioned, goes, "Do you know what every what, what people do every time they come up to you?" And I said, "What?" They said. They have a Kim Mitchell or a Max Webster story. Like all of every one of them is like, oh, I saw Max Webster, you know, or I saw Zoom or it's just uh, it's it's that means so much to me. And I, I don't like to say it means more, but it means a lot to me. Like I have gold and platinum records. I have June awards. But when someone tells me a story like that face to face, it's completely humbling that I was a small little piece of fabric in their musical life. Now, what do you credit that to, though? Because we've jumped into the interview, if you don't mind. So what do you credit that to? What do you credit the actual connecting with the fans? Is it your music or when I've done when I've researched your life, I've listened to interviews you've done. You connect with people on such a uh, a level that not a lot of musicians are able to. So is it the music or is it yourself personally connecting with those audience members? I I think it's. First of all, it's myself and my personality, how I, I guess I was raised, uh, the way our family operated at when I was growing up. And um, when it comes to my music, I've always, when composing or writing, composing is a bit of a, of a more classical term, but when I write, I like to include my audience. I don't cater to trends. I never have catered to trends. I've shunned away from all that all the time um, as somebody who would go to like a party with Captain Beefheart records back in, when I was a young kid and needless to say I didn't get invited to a lot of parties after that but but I, I, I think I like to include my audience and, and I like to feel that I can hang out with any one of you like we, we can hang out you and I could hang out uh, we'd find a connection I search for a connection somewhere and a common ground that we could talk about. So I, and, I, I, I hope that answers it somewhat. 
It does. And and do you credit that to growing up in a small town in uh, Ontario? Because Sarnia is not a large town and it was not a large town when you were growing up. So do you no, credit that, that, that connection where everyone knows everyone and you're able to connect with the person walking down the street? You, you make a good point, Christopher. I think that is a good a portion of it being raised in a small town where everybody knows everybody i'd, I'd walk across town as a as a 10 year old to, to go you know go to a store or whatever i walked through long fields to get to school every day and stuff like that so um and when you get to the big cities uh, major cities later on as i moved to, to uh, toronto at 17 um you know, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of sense of community in, in big cities too. You know, in your neighborhoods, people get to know each other, but there's a, a bit of disconnect too sometimes, and uh, you have to work on that to find your. When you come from a small town, it's like okay, this feels. You're always searching for that little bit of small townness wherever you are. Even when I went to visit my son who was living in Manhattan, it was like it was mind blowing. Yet. Uh, I found little, just sort of little neighborhoods that felt really, really beautiful. And and you have you carried that all through your uh, your uh, your time in music, even up to this newest song. That that connection is always the first priority for a musician. For yourself, is well, to connect with the audience and not just put out the albums. Because when I listen to your music, you you release albums which means something they have a story to them i find where some musicians even today will just release an album just for the sake of releasing an album hmm. well I, you know I, I you you might be making it possibly making it more complicated than it actually is i i don't know if i uh, all i do is put my head down and get a song when i'm writing a song i want to get it to where i love it that's it so, and what does that entail? Well, it means that I love the parts. I love the way things are flowing. I love the lyric idea. Um, it's expressive. It's emotive. Um, and I feel like it includes, it speaks to the people that I have seen over my career at my shows and who buy my records and come up and say hello to me. So, um does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Now, okay. uh, let, let's talk about the new album. So 13 years since your last studio album was released. Do you have uh, it was spontaneous? Not a lot of people were expecting this uh, as a fan. I was not expecting this. And on June 26th, uh, your new song Wishes came across my desk and I was very happy to listen to it a few times. Um, 13 years hiatus. How, why take so long and why now release it? Why hurry? <laughs> True that. We're, we're, we got somewhere to go? I don't know. I don't. Not a lot of people uh, do in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of why I said it. Um, yeah, the funniest thing is, is when I get recently, uh, you know, I mean, it's such a serious virus going on, but some of my friends are like, so you got any plans this weekend? I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like tomorrow. Not much. <laughs> but um, uh, it, I wasn't probably going to record another record. I've had I've had lots of stuff written, and I didn't think I was ever going to get to it again. Because as my career sits now, when I go play shows, they want to hear Rock and Roll Duty, Logger and Ale, and Go for Soda, and Patio Lanterns, and stuff like that. And I'm happy to play that stuff. I, I 
I'm all about customer service and rock and roll. But I had these tunes. They were demos because musicians have to write. Painters have to paint. Dancers have to dance. And and broadcasters have to have a show. So um, I had a bunch of stuff written. And it was just on a USB key. And a gentleman by the name of Greg Wells, record producer, who was in my band at 17. When he was 17 years old, he was in my band. And he was mind-blowing good. And I was just, like, amazed. Like, how are you this good at this age? And he was from Peterborough. Ontario, and he went off to produce people like Katy Perry. Uh, One Republic's apologize. He did that tune. He did Pink. He did um, and some stuff written on a Celine Dion record. He does Keith Urban's stuff. He's all over the road. Otep. Um, so he's like Twenty One Pilots. He was up here visiting me and then on the way out the door I gave him the USB key of shame I said dude I said you're so well known and so successful now if you find a minute to just listen to one of these and give me some feedback it would be great if you don't I totally get it if I don't hear from you all the best well he emailed me a couple weeks later and went I love all these songs please come to Los Angeles and let's record this stuff at my studio I'm like Greg Wells the studio like Mr. you know Mr. Big Time here. So I was like, yeah. So, but you have that moment where you, uh, making a record is, is hard. Um, one, another producer once said, everything about making re- a record is a pain. Um, but, you know, there's also rewarding times. It's, it's, it's a beautiful creative process at the same time, but it's, it's tough, it's a lot of work. So uh, for a second there, I kind of went, don't want to do this. And then I went, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So we started. So what was it like working with your friend again? Well, he's so talented. It was a little bit intimidating. Here here I was his boss at one point, and now he's producing my record. And But he was, he's so funny. Like Now that he's been in Los Angeles, he points out how polite we are as Canadians. And he goes... Because I'll go like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. I could have done that better. And he goes, listen, I'll be the apologetic Canadian. And he says, this stuff's great. You you play this stuff with a lot of confidence. And he also said, because Wishes, the, the new single Wishes, is a little more laid back. It's more like the all we are side of me, the more like the patio lantern side. It's more like easy to tame. It's not the I'm a wild parties and rock and roll duty. He said, I love this side of you. I don't think it's been exposed in your career enough. So let's do this. And was that hard for you to expose that side of you? Because you look at your your uh, backlog and your songs that you've released. This is a unique sound when you listen to it for the first time. You don't expect it to be sung by you in those first opening uh, notes. It's okay. This is a unique song. And then you hear your voice. You're like, oh, that's a Kim Mitchell song. So, well, you know, uh, uh, someone who heard the song, another musician messaged me and went, when I started listening to the song, I thought I was listening to a James Taylor song at first. And, and all of a sudden, your voice came out. I was like, whoa, okay, it's Kim. So uh, that was a compliment. So um, so 10 years to yeah. write this song, you you got this the... Th- this this song, uh, Wishes, and it spawned from... And I find this fascinating. It spawned from a poem. And yeah. for the life of me, uh, it's AC Child uh, Wishes... 
I can't find the poem for the life of me. I've been trying to find it for the last two days just you to froze. see. I'm sorry, oh, say that again. Sorry, uh, I said the so, the yeah, poem yeah, that froze. just a second, just repeat that again. The po- the poem that you uh, got inspiration for wishes. I tried to find it. I can't find it. I know it's hard to find. So yeah, yeah. When you yeah, first, re- I'm not sure. How- yeah, me finding it. I had trouble finding it as well later, uh, uh, finding the book, because 10 years ago, Amazon wasn't around. So trying to find this book, and uh, it, was just a, it was just in a waiting room. I don't know where I was. I just remember it being a waiting room, and I would never pick up a book of poetry, Christopher. I, I, you know, It's going to be magazines that are five years old, because <laughs> that's what our waiting room. And I saw this book of poetry, I picked it up, I literally opened up randomly somewhere in the middle, and there was wishes. And I'm sitting there reading, and I'm going, wow, I really love this. And I think I wrote, got a piece of paper, I wrote down the title of the book, and couldn't find it anywhere, and eventually did, and somehow it got to me. I, that, that part's kind of hazy, and once I got it, and then leafing through the book, like, where is it? I can't even find the poem, and there it was. And I started writing, I wrote the verses. I wrote the da 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 the verse part. Because of the poem read, it was complete. The ending of the poem is beautiful. Um, and I thought, okay, there, it's done. And then when I listened back to Mike, no, now that it's a song, it's not complete. There's something missing. You need you need a refrain. You need a chorus. You need a, a deviation, a musical deviation in the verse. You need a, a musical deviation uh, in the form of an instrumental section in the middle. So yeah, that took me 10 years to, to get that. Um, I felt like I was the song's roadie. I've been, I've been saying that lately. That I would check in with the song every few months and go, you want to work today? Should we should we try and do some stuff here? Uh, and and I'd come up with a couple things going. Uh, and the song would go, no, go away. That's terrible. That's not that's not what I'm looking for. And it wasn't until about four or five months ago that I was singing it. And I said, I want to put this on the record. It needs a chorus. It needs this stuff. And, and I just stopped playing the guitar and kept singing a melody. And I went, well, that feels really natural. So and I'm just sort of the writing process. It feels really natural. And then within about an hour. It was done, and I went. That those are the right parts. That that this song is now done, and I sort of laughed because I'm like, well, that didn't take long, did it? It only took ten years. But the the moral of that story is, if you're a songwriter and you believe in something, stick with it, man. There's always the other side of the mountain, um, and something's going to happen where where it'll feel complete. Do you, is it is that typical for your writing style? To come up the no. lyrics and then the music, or how does your writing style no. compare? It happens. It happens either way. I'll get a musical idea. I'll get a musical idea riding around, and I'll pull over and hum something into my cell phone. I have like a, I, I swear, probably over a hundred little snippets of me humming stuff on my cell phone. It would be disgusting if someone ever found my phone because some of it's just like like it's just stuff like that. It's it's uh it's weird. Uh but it happens always. Like to give you an example, Rock and Roll Duty, when we wrote that, that was done in probably twenty, thirty minutes, the whole tune. Oh wow. Yeah, it's just kind of bang, that part fell in, bang, that part fell in, bang, that lyric dropped in, that dropped in, this dropped in, that dropped in. And I was married at the time, and Pai Dubois, who I used to write with, we just kind of came downstairs and 
had some dinner and and my wife at the time was going so what's happening you guys are up there working on something yeah yeah we wrote a song we really like it it's called rock and roll duty we didn't know what was going to happen to it do you you've said in past interviews you you look at your songs like children yeah how do you compare this song to your past songs as a child is it the forgotten child is it the child that you decided you know what one last hurrah let's do this we can we can make yeah. kim mitchell another uh, a name again yeah they're the kids that i wasn't gonna oh, i hadn't planned <laughs> so um and, and I'm very proud of this song. I'm a pretty self-deprecating artist. It's just my nature, but I am going to go out on a limb here and say I think it's some of the best work I've done. I'm really, really, really proud of, of Wishes. I really love the lyric. I love how it all came together. And the rest of them is, is when I listen to it, I'm seriously proud of it. A lot of some stuff along my career, I'd record it and couldn't go back and listen to it for a few years. This I can put on any time and enjoy and appreciate the hard work that went into it and just let the vibes of it wash over me. So I hope now, I hope people like it. Now, let's talk about the the album that it's on, The Big Fantasize. Sure. What, what is The Big Fantasize? I'm just trying to figure out what that means to Kim Mitchell. Well, to me... I love the fact as, as human beings that we're always dreaming. We're always we're always thinking down the road about something that they, you know. And sometimes they sometimes they come together and they come true, and sometimes they just remain fantasies. Um, but I love the fact that we're dreamers, especially creative people. We're always dreaming. So that's kind of what it was it wasn't about the big fantasize like geez I hope I'm fantasizing about this album becoming big there's nothing like that it was simple stuff like um, just be nice to get the record done or I don't know fantasize we, fantasy is is also harmless um, and they're harmless thoughts sometimes they can be abstract and weird but they're just they're fantasies they're just thoughts our just brains it- are is that a common theme for the songs that are on the album? I would have to say that some of the stuff on there is fantasy. Yeah, they're fantasies. There's a uh, you know a song on there called Georgian Bay, which is a body of water um, north of Toronto, and I make references to just the beautiful sunset waters and the moonlit wake, and I make reference to pavilions I've played at uh, the old dance pavilions there's stuff relationship there's a song called the old Mary's Walt which is about a couple that are just just in terrible terrible shape and the refrain is is somewhat a fantasy like you know the old Mary's Waltz that lasts through the heartache just dance very close and let no one cut in so there's sort of little little messages not messages or it's just it's just a, a nice journey and and addresses that I guess yeah somewhat it's an interesting approach that you've brought up so when can we expect it on the shelves I, I'm not sure Christopher this is this is a weird times we've released this song and we're we're kind of we're kind of steering the controls as we go and, and I'm thinking you know uh, probably a couple within a couple months or at the top so you know I want to release this tune and have fun with it and then 
maybe release another one. There's another song we want to maybe go at called Two Up To Be Down uh, or uh, maybe Georgian Bay, which is a fun kick-ass song that has a five-piece horn section on it. And I've never done that. And so kind of, like I say, doing this and then it'll be out and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> so I, I got, uh, do, you have, is, is, do you have an uncle Bob? I, I, well, I had a grand, I had a grandfather, Bob. So, yeah, I, I had an uncle Bob. So, Bob's your uncle. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you with you. You mentioned it a few times, and we'll talk about it here. Uh, COVID nineteen has changed the industry, the music industry, dramatically. Artists are no longer allowed to go out uh, and tour, and if they are, it's not a large tour that they can go on. How are you getting through COVID nineteen? Um, not, I'm not, I'm kind of the uninspired guy. I'm kind of the, you know, a few people I've spoke to, they go, yeah, I go to do something and I just don't feel motivated enough. And I'm kind of that person too. I've worked my whole life as a musician touring. And then we, I did the album and then I did three weeks of dates, a lot of dates and COVID hit. And I kind of went, okay, this is the first time I'll be able to drop my shoulders and just walk, step away from music and just be. And I walk my dog, I cook food. I'm really average at that. I'm really average at gardening. Um, as much as I do a lot of it, I'm still staying average. I'm not improving at any of it, but that's kind of what I'm doing and just trying to be careful um, when I go out and until this is, until it's safe to do so. Do, do, do you want to get back on the road or are you content with yeah. what you're doing now? Well, I, I'm content. I will accept whatever is going to have to go down. But yeah, in the back of my mind, the big fantasize is, is I want to get into a sweaty rock and roll room in Calgary again. You know, so. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's what that's awesome. That's what I'm glad to hear that because the the last time I saw you in a concert was up in Canuso, Alberta, northern Alberta, uh, for smashing on the beach. And I remember that that your your concerts are just an amazing uh, time, and you were transported to just away from where you are and into a different mindset when you're listening to your music. So I'm looking forward to you getting back on this uh, the road. Yeah, my my gig is just to get you to Rockland Wonderland. That's awesome. Um, my last set of questions before we wrap up here, Mr. Mitchell, is um, advice Kim, for you. Okay, <laughs> Christopher. Christopher, it's Kim. Is that okay? I didn't ask that at the beginning, so I... Okay. No, yeah. Okay. Kim, what advice would you give artists who are coming up now? For someone who's, whose career has spanned over 50 years, 50 decades, five decades, not 50 decades, five decades, what advice sure. would you give up-and-coming artists who are in Sarnia, Ontario? Well, I would say this is shocking to some people when you present it this way. There's only 12 notes. There's only 12 notes, so find those, get those 12 notes and make them yours. Find your music. Take the words making it right out of your vocabulary and just get your music to where you love it. And you have to accept whatever that's going to bring or whatever it's not going to bring. Not everybody's going to end up in a band called U2. Not everybody's going to end up in the NHL. Not everybody's going to end up being a... Uh, a surgeon, not a, 
but you can still have fun being a musician. And and I I always say to them, the when you're transmitting, if you're in a garage with your buds and a case of beer, and you're you connect, you're with playing with some some guys or some girls, and and you start to transmit that musical energy. That feeling of that connection is the exact same thing as a Brian Adams, a Celine Dion, a Kim Mitchell, a Rush. It's the exact same feeling as, as we get. We all get the same feeling. It's just at the end of the day, the numbers are different. So get your music, love your music, and whatever that brings, don't stress it because you'll be a happy person getting your music to where you love it. And if that's all you're expecting, you're gonna be, you're gonna be fine. Do you think it was easier for your generation to start bands to become who you are today than it is today's uh, bands who are trying to make it in this world of uh, 24-hour access to music with uh, streaming services that give you options for every type of band that you are looking for that in 1970s when you were starting out, you were able to connect... Yeah, it wasn't so saturated. It was a little bit of a joke where there was a hundred bands selling a million albums. Now there's a million bands selling a hundred records. Um, but once again, Christopher gets back to, uh, was it easier for me? I don't know. I, I, there was chal- a lot of challenging times, as there will be always. But to me, you have to stay focused on I'm making music. I'm going to be a creative artist here. This is going to be my music. I'm going to get it to where I love it. And there's incredible creativity going on. Every It's just that it's everywhere. So are you going to be able to make a living at it? Um, maybe it's going to, that part's going to be hard, but um, there's ways, there's ways that I just find some, some, some of the stuff I hear from young artists is incredible. Some of the Instagram stars, even uh, I look at these these young musicians and go, "How the heck have you learned that by the time you're like 19 years old? Like you you can play circles around. It's it, it blows my mind actually. And who are some of who, who are What's some that? of those people? Who are some of those people that you're listening to? Do you remember them? Do you know? Would you be able to name them? No, I can't. It's just they're all over Instagram. You know, you shoot up Instagram and you see guitar players. Next thing you know, every time you go on Instagram, you're seeing more guitar players. And, and, and so I, I don't name them, but I, I can't name them, but I see them all the time. I guess the only thing that's missing for me as a veteran musician is the fact that they haven't lived their whole life yet. And I think along with that, you can have you can have textbook smarts you can have technique on an instrument but you haven't lived life yet and that mojo takes a lifetime of of uh getting seasoned and and i'm not saying that they can't blow minds there's young bands that blow my mind rival sons just blow me away as a rock band it just they freak me out so um there's all kinds of stuff so and so I, I love the fact that music changes all the time and people's language, how they how they say what they want to say uh, changes uh, electronic music and how it's made. And it's just people are like, well, do you like it? It's like, well, I'm, I might not listen to it all the time, but but I love change. I welcome change all the time. Every generation, my generation 
we spoke the way we spoke through our music and new generations will do the same and and so on and so on through time so so i've got to ask the question then from what you just said there do you consider your do you consider yourself a seasoned artist yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of spices on me some days. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, do you, do you consider yourself an artist, or do you consider yourself a musician? I'm an artist, musician, guitar player. Uh, it's it's all kind of the same. I, you know, sometimes those words can sound pretentious. I'm an artist, you know, can sound a little pretentious. I just like I'm an artist. I I create. Uh, that's what I do. I. I throw notes around on a guitar and throw them around in my head and try to get them recorded and stuff. It's, uh, that's what I do. And, and, but I think through living life, I guess that's what, I, what I'm getting back to. Through living life, there's a certain mojo that starts to develop in your music that you don't, that I certainly, I know I didn't have when I was 17. That's awesome. And my last question for you, Kim, not Mr. Mitchell, Kim. Sure. Um, yeah. Looking back on your career, your highs, your lows, would you do it all the same way? Uh, yeah, I think I would. It's been a fun time, Christopher. Um, yeah, I would. I'm very grateful at, from the highs and the lows because that's, that's always going to be life anyway. So I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, Kim, I want to thank you very much for doing this. Greatly appreciate thank it. I you. won't take up, won't you. take up more, more of your time. Uh, in I, I'm looking forward to the record, and I will let my father know you said hello. <laughs> Please tell your dad hello. That, that for someone to I never hear that. Like, well, I saw your band Zoom. That was like when I was 17 and first moved to Toronto. I remember the house was on King Street in Toronto. We paid out. There was five of us in there. We paid 150 bucks rent, and we had three convicts living. They just got out of jail, living next door to us. And they came over and went, "Anybody messes with you, you just tell us." Whoa, you know. And we'd be jamming at two in the morning, and <laughs> oh man, well, <laughs> my time. So hi to your dad. Yes, and my father, uh, I, I got introduced in the early 80s to your music because he would be just blaring Max Webster and Kim Mitchell the whole time on every every car ride we would go on. So I've been a fan oh. since I was early age, so I want to thank you very much. For me, this is a very highlight of my uh, my 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 year. <laughs> well, very, you know, it's really nice speaking with you too, Christopher. Yes, thank you. Do thank good you work, very, man. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Kim, and have yourself an excellent day, and we'll chat later, okay? Okay, bye-bye. Stay Bye. Out. Thank you once again for listening to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. If you love this episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. All the links to our social media accounts are in the show notes or visit www.crossborderinterviews.ca. The Cross Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. Be sure to tune in next Saturday for our next episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. Once again, thank you and see you next week.